Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. And welcome to another edition of Behind the Springs and an important conversation today about the recent protests and discussions in our community and across the country. I'm Ted Scroback. And I'm Jen Schrader. We're here with Colorado Springs Mayor John Southers and Colorado Springs Police Chief Ben Snisky to discuss the latest events. And thank you both for your time today. Uh, we really appreciate it. And Chief, let me get started right with you about the citywide curfew. Um, I think a lot of folks... Um, that expired, the order expired this morning. So if you can speak about that and then talk about how things went over the weekend for your officers and protesters. Sure. Um, after we implemented the curfew, after the mayor was, um, after we had a discussion and implemented the curfew, each night we've seen, we've continued to see protests, but they've been peaceful. Um, each day they start around 10 o'clock. Um, we have protesters out at City Hall and then the, the numbers continue to grow through the evening. But ever since the curfew was implemented, we have nothing but peaceful protests, which has been, we've been very grateful for that. We had some protesters last night come down to the police operations center, um, but they remained peaceful. Um, then they came back, they marched back up to downtown Colorado Springs, protested for a while, and then dispersed. What we have seen, too, with a lot of the um, event organizers, the protest organizers, they are telling people to go home at 10 o'clock. They are asking people to leave and disperse from downtown at the 10 o'clock hour. We've had some stay longer, and we've allowed them to stay longer, um, but they have dispersed usually by 11 or 11.30, and they have not been violent at all. Um, we have been very fortunate. They've remained peaceful um, throughout the week after the implementation of the curfew. Okay. And, Mayor, at this point, what's happening with the curfew? Well, because uh, all the protests since the curfew went into place have been uh, uh, nonviolent, uh, we are letting the curfew elapse this morning, and I'm not renewing it. Now, okay. if we see uh, you know, any damage to property or injury to persons or threats to police officers or the public uh, in the future, I wouldn't hesitate to reimpose it if necessary for public safety. But I have to tell you, I have been uh, very um, impressed uh, by the, the, the protesters and the leadership of the, of the protests. What's happened over the last uh, five days in Colorado Springs, in my opinion, is in the highest traditions of uh, social action in America. Uh, people passionate about a very worthy cause, very vocal about it, uh, but not letting... Uh, outside influences that have a different message and don't share their methods of uh, nonviolent protest uh, infiltrate and turn things a different direction. Uh, so uh, I also have a lot of uh, praise for the, the police. They have worked very, very hard uh, to protect the right of uh, citizens of Colorado Springs uh, to engage in speech and assembly uh, under the First Amendment and do so in a way uh, that uh, doesn't pose uh, a threat to the to the health, safety, and welfare of all our citizens. Well, Mayor, uh, what do you want the residents that are listening or watching the the podcast right now to know about where our city leaders stand? Not only yourself, but I know you've been having a lot of conversations with city council as well. Yeah, first of all, um, everybody should understand that uh, everybody I've talked to in the city of Colorado Springs is outraged by uh, the incident that led to these protests. 
the death of George Floyd was uh, outrageous. It was totally uncalled for. I have never in my life, and I've been around uh, police, and I've was president or uh, chairman of the police. Uh, Officer Standard and Training Board in Colorado in 10 years, I've never heard of anybody suggest that kneeling on the knee of someone is an appropriate uh, restraint. Uh, so universally, uh, people are condemning this uh, act. I think also um, there's a complete willingness to engage in constructive conversation about what needs to be done going forward. Um, it's it's interesting to me to 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 see what's being discussed in other parts of the country um, and to think about what we should be discussing. In many cities in America, the issue is the inability uh, to quickly and efficiently deal with police misconduct. Um, a lot of the things that they're dealing with um, are uh, issues that, uh, frankly, we've been able to avoid. For example, public employee unions. I think what a lot of cities are realizing that their collective bargaining agreements that have uh, incredible bureaucracy uh, to get rid of a uh, officer engaging in misconduct uh, are now they've now come to the realization that they're counterproductive. Uh, I hope that causes people to understand why I was so emphatic uh, asking the citizens of Colorado Springs to resist uh, collective bargaining for uh, firefighters because I knew it would lead to the same thing. Uh, for police officers. And Can I, you explain for people that don't know what a collective bargaining agreement is? Yeah. Um, if uh, police and fire or any other public employees have collective bargaining rights, then they have the right to negotiate a contract with the city for, let's say, a period of three years. And typically in that contract are uh, lots of uh, provisions about how people, what process you have to go through uh, to be disciplined. And frankly, uh, in a lot of, of cities, uh, the bureaucracy and process that you have to go through to get someone disciplined is very counterproductive to uh, very efficient, uh, quick discipline in uh, a police department where that's absolutely what you need. You need to be able to get rid of bad cops very quickly. Uh, so um, it, it's interesting to see uh, the, the discussions across the country. Some of them, in my opinion, are totally counterproductive. Defunding a police department or abolishing a police department. Uh, it's the police that are responding. You know, we want to stop violence. There's an awful lot of violence that the police are responding to and preventing from happening. Uh, and uh, it, it would be t totally counterproductive to have ev even longer response times for people responding to burglaries uh, in progress or... Uh, armed robberies and things like that. Let's, you know, let's focus on those things that are really impact the issues that, that people are talking about. And if I might um, uh, move into the to topic of what I see uh, going forward here, um, I see some really good conversation uh, between the city council and the mayor's office and our uh, community. I would foresee probably a council uh, appointed uh, committee or commission uh, that would explore uh, how the uh, police and the community can communicate better, Communi the community communicate its uh, issues to the police, police educate the community about the pressures and uh, problems that they're encountering, and also this whole issue of uh, 
you know, what, what's the best method of, of police accountability? Now, I happen to have a lot of experience in this area, having been uh, chairman of the uh, uh, Police Officer Standard Training Board for uh, 10 years. I will tell you, uh, I do not favor uh, giving a group of unelected citizens who do not have any expertise in policing the power to determine uh, the procedures and protocols of a police department. Mm -hmm. But I don't have a problem uh, with a group of citizens uh, seeing how the police department operates, looking at how other police departments operate, and making recommendations to the city council mm -hmm. as to how uh, we ought to go forward. And I think there can be some constructive conversations there. Quite frankly, there's been a lot of efforts through the years towards uh, police uh, community uh, uh, communication and involvement. We had a uh, illumination project here that went on for a couple of years after a racist incident in, in Charleston. Um, I think it's time to kind of, in, in light of this incident and the public discussion, I think it's uh, a, a time to kind of uh, restart over. And let's, you know, with the cooperation of the citizens, let's uh, decide what this uh, process of communication uh, should look uh, like going forward. So I also think um, we're going to have to work very, very hard from a recruiting perspective. One of the most counterproductive things happening right now is discussions about holding police officers per personally accountable, even when they're acting in good faith. Folks, the if, if nothing else comes out of this, the need to attract the best qualified people to police work, including minorities. We want a police department that reflects the community, and we have to recruit minorities. Well, who's going to join a police department uh, if you can't properly defend yourself if the laws have gone that direction, or uh, if you, you know, suffer the possibility of losing your home and your assets and things like that? We have to be very careful about how we proceed in the midst of some of the um, rhetoric uh, that's going on in this highly intense time. I think you brought up a good point, too, about um, that community conversation. I know, Chief, you brought up the point of, you know, the always the, the consistent need of educating the public about what the police do. And that's something that you all have worked hard on, but you were saying can work even harder. Yes, we have. We've, we've tried. We have tried to educate the community. We haven't done a very good job. Yeah. You're right. Um, we have to do a better job. Um, a few months ago, we started to put together a group of leaders, community leaders here in Colorado Springs, to help us form a steering committee of additional community leaders that we could actually have as liaisons to the community, um, where we could train people on what we do, teach them what we do, and really look at it as a two-way conversation where we would give information to this group, this group would take it out to their communities, and then questions or concerns would be brought back to us that we could address. I can tell you that last Tuesday uh, was one of the best conversations we had um, in relation to George Floyd. Um, they were very direct, um, very succinct in what they were seeing in the community, um, gave us a good idea of what we're what we're trying to we just need to do a better job of communicating we know what we do the community right. doesn't and the community really doesn't want to know per se until they need us right. and then they or they hear about something like a george floyd incident and then they need to know that we don't do it the way other cities do it and what uh, will work and what won't some of the exactly. points that mayor brought up yeah exactly and and i had a uh 
Deputy Chief Vasquez and I had a conversation last week with a couple of the uh, protest organizers, and we've actually invited them to that group um, because really we need their voice as well as we need community leaders. We've asked them to join that group too so that we get a, uh, a voice of the people younger, younger, because a lot of the protesters we see are younger. Um, they're college age or a little older, um, so we need to get their voice on that committee. Um, I, I think it'll be really important. It'll be a, a good way to have communication to let people know what we've done already to improve the police department and let them have input on what we do in the future to improve the, the police department and our relationship with our community. Yeah, that was going to be my qu next question for either of you or Mayor, if you want to start. What happens next? Can you discuss in general what people can expect to see locally? Well, I think uh, you'll see a couple things. You'll see some demands for some things that... Uh, as I say, uh, to the extent that somebody wants a citizen oversight committee that dictates how the police department operates, I'll resist that. Um, it just hasn't worked. I've watched it. Uh, I've watched it across the country. Typically, it results in more bureaucracies. It's ironic. Most of uh, citizen oversight, if it has, you know, if it, ha it has the ability to dictate things to the police department or actually determine the punishment, uh, it results in. Uh, less efficiency. There was a strangulation case in New York uh, where it took five years to get rid of the, the police officer who had engaged uh, in the misconduct. That's wholly uh, counterproductive, and it was as a result of citizens disagreeing and all that, that sort of thing. Uh, so, uh, but what I see happening and what I think would be very productive is we uh, empower a group of citizens, and I think it has to, we have to make sure it's a uh, I think we need to let people apply and be chosen as opposed to, you know, kind of a couple of folks self-anoint themselves. Uh, I think uh, we have to have a, a committee of the uh, council, chosen by the council, uh, who will examine, uh, as I say, very specific ways that we can promote uh, citizens uh, telling the police department what their needs are, what their concerns are, the police department uh, educating the public about what they do. I get all kinds of questions from people, well, <clears throat> we ought to have anti-bias training. We ought to have uh, de-escalation training. Folks, we've got that, uh, but we need to show them what that training is and how extensive it is, mm -hmm. uh, how much training goes into use of force. Uh, I think one of the, uh, the interesting things you can do is put citizens in that use of force training where they have to decide momentarily whether to shoot or not shoot. And I think they'll find that, man, uh, police officers are, are, are a lot more restrained than most people in the public would be under those circumstances because of their training. Um, so um, I, I see a, us having much greater uh, citizen, um, police department, uh, citizen government um, discussion about that sort of thing. I also see us um, stepping up our game in terms of impressing on people, we have got to counteract this notion. You know, one, one of my concerns is uh, I, I see mayors out there uh, standing in front of a line with a sign over their shoulder, cops equal terrorists. That's a totally um, counterproductive message. The vast, vast majority of our police officers in Colorado Springs are tremendous public servants. They're very dedicated people. They want to do the right thing. We've got to move away from this, uh, this labeling of all cops as bad because our future depends on attracting 
uh, well-educated, uh, well-prepared, uh, the right kind of people in terms of uh, their uh, mentality uh, to police work. And frankly, probably nothing we can do would be more productive to get more uh, minorities. Uh, uh, we've got to recruit. We've got a community of 16, 70% uh, Latino. Uh, we've uh, done a pretty good job in that regard. Uh, we've had uh, struggles trying to recruit African-Americans. I'm just afraid this is going to make it more difficult. It, we need to make it uh, we need to make sure we do a better job of that, and we need the public's help in that regard. Chief, do you have anything I, to I add? Or? Um, I just want people to know that a couple of years ago, we actually started looking at our use of force policy. Um, we started revamping that policy based on best, best practices from the International Association of Chiefs of Police. They had some guidelines. We started looking at that. A lot of the A lot of the emails and voicemails that I'm getting right now are asking for more transparent data to the community. Um, we started that prior again to this incident. Um, we are going to develop a position in the police department that will look at our data and get it, get it in a um, document accessible. that we can actually that's accessible yeah. to the community. Yes, okay. because that is one of the big things that people are concerned about. And a lot of the things that you hear other communities asking their police department to do we're already doing it. We're just not getting the message out. Again, it's our messaging that has been faulty over the years. We have to get a forward-looking document out that the community can look at. And what we really want is the community to look at it and then tell us what else they're looking for. Right. And then that position will continue to get the data. It will be updated regularly so that people have the information that they're looking for. I think. Once Are you they, doing what you say you're doing? Exactly. And then where do we go from there? Exactly. Yeah. Chief, would you say something about your department's certification and uh, and the fact that not many police departments have the certification that you? Well, we have we have the state certification from right. Post, but we also have CLIA certification. Um, we are an accredited organization. What does CLIA stand for? It's. Well, it's, putting them on this it's a law enforcement yeah. accreditation is what is it, it is. National? It's national. Yeah. Okay. It is national. Okay. And um, there are about 18,000 departments, law enforcement departments across the country. We're one of the few that is nationally accredited. Um, they come in. They give us standards that we have to follow. A lot of our policies are dictated by those standards. We've been accredited since I think it's 1993 or 1998. And we have maintained our accreditation through the last 20, 25 years. Um, we take it very seriously. Um, it mandates a lot of how we do our job, along with post-certification. I think it's important for people to know all of our, all of our officers are post-certified. They have to meet the standards that POST puts out there for every officer in Colorado to meet. And they dictate the training that you go through. They dictate that after you're an officer what your in-service training is going to be. They mandate that every year as well. And we maintain our certification for all of our employees um, over and over again. So really about accountability. It really yeah. is about accountability. Mm -hmm. There are multiple steps mm -hmm. that somebody has to go through to be an officer in the Cross Springs Police Department. Yeah. Well, and, and Mayor, it sounds like you're making a move at maybe being a podcast co-host as well right now with those tough questions <laughs> over there. But uh, we hit a little bit on the extensive training of CSPD. Um, some things that I was hearing from some of the protest organizers were asking for more community events from police. But I think that's another thing. Can you uh, uh, tell people what police have already been doing with community events? Oh, coffee like with coffee, a cop, that sort of thing. Cop, yeah. We have coffee with a cop. We have a, um, 
youth organization that we were, well, we were meeting with monthly from high schools. Mm -hmm. Um, We go out and play soccer with kids on the east side. Uh, We have a minority relations group that goes out and meets with minority groups. We have a sergeant and an officer who do community relations, um, as well as our crime prevention officers in each of the four divisions, one in each division. They go out and do community events. We have a lot of um, community-focused officers, community-focused events that we go to. I think what the public's looking for that's been voiced to us is just showing up, maybe not the planned events that we do, but just showing up to a barbecue, just showing up to an event in a park. And we're more than willing to do that. We just, we just have to know about them. Mm-hmm. And there's so many out there that we have to kind of pick and choose the ones we go to. They just want to see an officer have a meal with, with the rest of the community mm-hmm. or have a coffee like we've done um, just to socialize rather than be there for a call for service. And we are committed to doing that. And that's where that conversation can that's continue the, also. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you both for your time. I know that's a lot to cover and there's more to come, but we appreciate you being so candid and transparent with thank us. You, thank you, Jenny. Yeah, and, and Mayor, is there anything that you want to say to the community as we kind of sign yeah, off here? I, I reiterate that uh, uh, this, this is a tragic event, a, a totally unnecessary use of force by the police. We unanimously uh, stand uh, against that sort of uh, police conduct. No one sanctions police brutality. Uh, But I think it's very careful, uh, very important that as we move forward, we're careful uh, to make sure we do constructive things uh, to promote greater accountability, promote the ability to deal with um, police misconduct more efficiently, more quickly, uh, as opposed to do things to make it harder to attract good people to the profession and attract more minorities to the profession of law enforcement, which is something we fundamentally need to do. So let's, let's keep this conversation uh, very rational, uh, but let's have a very robust uh, conversation going forward as to how we can improve policing in America. Well, oh, you know, I just like to add, I really do believe those officers discredited their uniform in Minneapolis and really embarrassed my profession. Um, and now the rest of us are dealing with it. The rest of us are trying to um, get our communities to understand where we stand with our communities. And that's another good point to make. I think police all around the country are just as frustrated with what happened in Minnesota as as, uh, as everybody else in the country. And uh, I also want to say as well, um, the, the lines of communication, which we've kind of touched on, are open with the organizers um, of mm-hmm. the protests locally. And uh, I think Everything that you guys have talked about, there's going to be some uh, some really positive things to come from this in the future, and and very short future too. It seems like there there could be some movement very soon. And before we go, Ted, if I could just mm-hmm. mention and encourage folks who are interested to follow the um, city of COS and also the Colorado Springs Police Department on social media, um, whatever platform you choose, they're there, and that's a good source of information for folks. Exactly. Well, thanks for watching and listening to another edition of Behind the Springs, a very important edition of Behind the Springs. Please rate, like, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts.